Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, everyone, to the 412th episode of the Stone Cold Podcast. We are recording this on a Monday on Juneteenth. Uh, Reza, you and I have off. Yep. How have you been spending your, I guess now, long weekend? Yeah. So, um, as you know, um, listeners might not recall, Gordon goes to daycare on my, uh, my office's campus, but my office's camp, my office's campus is shared by two different companies. So while my office is closed, the other company is still open. So, um, that means that the daycare then stays open throughout the weekend or sorry, through the weekend, uh, for today. So, Dropped Gordon off at daycare this morning. Um, I came back and I needed to like spread some weed and feed and other things into the lawn. Um, so I actually did that this morning. And then I made an appointment for my car and then I took it in. I, t- I texted you when I was like literally sitting, uh, waiting for like the service people to come to my, to, to come uh, and, and take my car for me. And when I made the appointment, it was like this automated machine that that took the machi- uh, that took my appointment, and like all I needed is uh, it's a re- it's a recall on my car. So like there's uh, apparently at speed and when it's raining, it's possible that the rain can mess with the door handles on my car. And unlike you know most uh, <laughs> unlike most like uh, uh, combustion engine cars, this car has kind of this battery or like electronic system where you push a button uh-huh. and it and it pushes the door out to you. And so in the rain, this can apparently malfunction and cause your door to open while you're driving, which is, of course, concerning. It's a bit scary. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, right? And so um, it, it presumably affects a small number of cars. I've certainly never experienced this happen. Uh, if I did, I'd be far more concerned about it. But I made the appointment, and uh, when I got there, the guy was like, oh, well, two things. Uh, one well, I guess three things. One, uh, sorry, because we can't take you right now. He's like, they. what they do is they, they order the part just in case they need it to, re- to replace it because it doesn't affect all cars. And so if they need to replace the handle, they order that ahead of time. That way you, they don't check it and then confirm that you need the replacement and then tell you to come back. Um, and secondly, the guy who services these uh, the ID4s is not in today. So they literally couldn't even look at it. So he, uh, ah. they sent me on my, on my way, told me that they'll, um, they'll call me when the, uh, the part arrives or whatever, and they can schedule the appointment with me. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was this morning. Now, now, uh, now I'm home. I'm just relaxing. I, I guess I should have mentioned. So yesterday when I was cutting the, the or two, uh, so Saturday I, I mowed the lawn, right? And my, uh, front lawn is a bit bumpy. Like there, the dirt, I don't know, like if, I don't know what it is or why. Um, but the lawn is like the, the soil is just like kind of wavy at parts. And so when you're cutting the grass, it can be a bit bumpy. And so I think when I was walking, this is not the first time it's happened. It could be a combination of the shoes and the lawn. Um, but like I, I, it bothered the bottom of my foot, like, you know, plantar, plantar fasciitis type of thing. Right. And so, yes. Oh, wow. Ye- okay. Yesterday. And this is not a good, it's not like an every single time with the lawn thing. This it's, it's happened once before. But this time it was especially bad. I um, yesterday I didn't notice on Saturday. Yesterday I noticed my foot was bothering me, and this morning, and like it got progressively worse throughout the day. Like initially it was it was fine, and then like I started to see some pain. Like as I'm walking around the house, it was uncomfortable. I'm playing on the floor with Gordon in his playroom, and I'm like, yo, like I kind of just gotta crawl around because this hurt. Like crawl around, like um, you know, because I'm often on the floor playing like with cars and stuff with him, but I'm like kind of crawling on my knees rather than using any support for my foot because it was bothering me. And then I went to bed and uh, we have the Tempur-Pedic mattress, right? And it kind of has an incline uh, thing. So I like raised my feet mm-hmm. up to, to try to, you know, just raise my feet as I slept, woke up this morning and my foot hurt more than it had the whole day yesterday. I couldn't walk initially this morning. Like I was limping and I, I couldn't put any weight on my, on my foot. Because the ankle had swollen, so like the pain that that had initial that you know was I guess primarily localized in like the base of my foot and my um, my heel had kind of radiated up into my ankle, and it caused my ankle to to swell a bit, and so it really hurt to walk. Um, the the swelling did come down. I did take some Tylenol, and like by now, 
Uh, even so, obviously, I said I, I did that weed and feed, which isn't the greatest to be back on that soil walking again. But um, I I um, I stopped into my office because I have some like older shoes that I use to uh, to take a walk around the uh, the trails there because the trails are a bit uh, a bit dusty and I don't want to wear my work shoes on them. So um, I stopped into the office. I picked up those shoes and I came back and I and I uh, spread the weed and feed and just like being out and about and just I guess. By standing and moving around and stuff, the swelling's gone down. I'm sure the Tylenol helped too. But yeah, feeling feeling much better. I still feel like as I rotate my heel a little bit right now, uh, I feel that pain. But it's it's much closer to how it was early yesterday when the pain first started to arise. Jesus, <laughs> that must mean that the changing the like the the bumpiness is is pretty extreme. Uh, yeah. It's not like super extreme. Like it's 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 an extreme that I would I want to do something about it. I want to fix it, but it's a little. It's probably more work than I want to do myself. So we probably have to hire somebody to, to do it for us. I mean, um, do you know what you would do? I literally don't. I have like and I like I think you're supposed to like aerate and do other things. You kind of like tear up the lawn to fix the lawn. It'd probably make it look worse. Yeah. Um, it'd probably look worse initially, um, and then get better, but. I don't know. Is this one of those things where you got to get HOA approval? No, no. They're uh, they're pretty hands off. Our HOA, like they're they're really just Honest. like they're really just they kind of exist to make sure that the projects in the neighborhood um, get taken care of. They don't really exist to ensure that everything conforms to certain guidelines. Like when okay. we wanted to do the fence and and like I can't remember was there another project. At the very least, with the fence, they were like, "No, we don't care. Um, you know, more or less, do whatever you want." So yeah, yeah. Okay, man. I'm sorry you're feeling that. Well, what do you what do you do to treat your plantar fasciitis like when it flares up? I tr- honestly, I don't really do too much. Um, well, like I so I would notice it when I would run, right? Um, so like doing cross sure. stuff, I was noticing it then. So there were certain workouts that I would avoid doing. Like the, if 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 I was noticing that my feet were giving me problems. And there was a workout that required a lot of running. I might like say, switch out the running for some rowing or even like the the what is it the assault bike. Um, but otherwise, otherwise, honestly, not like a crazy amount uh, of change. I, I should also note that I took a fairly long walk yesterday for like forty five minutes, and that probably didn't do me any favors too. <laughs> like I came in from the walk, and I was yeah. like, oh, uh, that that didn't feel great. Um, yeah. What kind of shoes do you wear? Usually like sneakers. So like that was my issue probably. I was wearing like these old running shoes to mow the lawn. Like I've been using these shoes for a while and I just got to throw them away at this point. But the the shoes that I that I replace them with, the ones that I usually leave at work, they're more like classic walking sneakers and they have probably they not probably they do have far more like padding and support in that heel. So I think switching to that more full time for my outside yard work especially in that like bumpy section of the lawn will will do uh will will make a a nice improvement um yeah i guess my question is like do you know if you pronate or not and if you do are you wearing the right shoe i see even just like normally yeah 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 i see uh no i have no idea (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I wonder don't, if I it'd be done anything to to um to sort that out. Yeah, I just wonder if it would be like beneficial to just get a quick sense of like, hey, what is your what is like your uh, your foot situation? Yeah. Uh, and that way we can start to figure out like, are you applying the right kind of force? Because mm-hmm. plantar fasciitis is also just like overuse. And so if you're doing, like, all this work, it's like, yeah, of course, you, I mean, you want to be able to walk for more than 45 minutes. Right. Uh, but also just, like, all right, when you are doing this, what is the, uh, like, is there something that you need to take into account or uh, yeah. any any sort of stress, like, injury like that or, like, overuse injury, like, it, it freaking sucks. I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. It does start to compound things and everything sort of flows downhill from that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I can understand very much so the, uh, the frustration. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fairly hopeful that it will kind of subside and, and get me back, get back to normal soon enough. Um, yeah. but yeah, 
doesn't it doesn't feel great right now, but yeah, it's not something that I like really suffer with too much either. Um, like I'll get like a bit achy and stuff if I walk around the house without like you know some like indoor shoes or whatever because since most of the home is um is hard flooring rather than carpet yeah and so I'll notice like my foot my heel bothering me if I'm just walking around the house a lot but not nothing like this like nothing even remotely like this pain that I've been feeling uh the the last two days but yeah it, I, I I'm I'm hopeful that it'll it'll go down if it doesn't then I'll probably make an appointment with a doctor just to confirm and make sure nothing uh yeah, nothing sure. more severe is going on down there you know yeah uh, um what about you what are you doing this okay. weekend so this weekend it was uh we we spent some some time in the city uh we got a lot of chores done i got a tie uh there's this really fancy not fancy but like a a nice tie spot uh, that sells bow ties, regular ties, you know, like skinny ties, formal ties. It's run by this Japanese couple. They're called Seigo, S-E-I-G-O. And I think I've told you before, but like all the, the photos on the wall are like, you know, Ernie Johnson shops here, Magic Johnson right. shops here. And like a lot of their ties, like all their ties seem to be, uh, I don't say limited edition, but certainly handmade and they're just numbered on the back. So you'll have like a specific pattern of like, hey, this is like dogs, right? And uh, there'll be like six of those that they have. And so it's it's fun. Uh, I got one that's got a nice pattern on it. Uh, you know, because my, my suit for my sister's wedding in Italy, which I will be gone in about two weeks for that, um, is, a, is a lime green linen suit. And so... Just wanted to have some some fun with the with the tie, but we did that. We like you know run a lot of errands. We uh, we were able to walk around the city and, and really enjoy ourselves. Um, and then today, this morning, uh, Earl and I went to the driving range uh, in Jersey. It was a twenty minutes door to door from his spot, and we hit a you know him and I were in uh, what's it called in, in bays next to each other. Yeah. Uh, and we both got to hit like, you know, I hit 140 balls, he hit 200 balls and it was, uh, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, starting to, starting to like it more and more. Nice. Um, but it's, uh, you know, he's got, he's the one that, uh, has the, uh, the clubs and all that. And so it's, um, that doesn't surprise me based off the top golf in, uh, in Vegas. It's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that I want to learn how to play. Yeah. Uh, and I know that uh, it's something that Carolyn is good at because she has the swinging motion from playing field hockey. Like, I'm still learning uh-huh. how to swing this way. I think I've told you in the past, like, tennis, oh, believe the me. body is yeah. just... A, a, it's completely different. You know, yeah. It's completely different. She's good. I mean, Carolyn's good at, like, baseball, like, swinging, like, that kind of way. And I'm more of, like, a... You know, swinging a tennis racket sort of way. Right. So like the, the body position, the rotation, it's all very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder how professionals and, fare, uh, like professional tennis players fare when it comes to golf, and and I guess conversely, how professional golfers fare with tennis. Like if because, like you said, the there's almost there's a bit of a muscle memory associated with swinging each of your 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 instruments of of hitting, and I wonder if that causes problems for some of them if they were to try to to alternate yeah that's a good question i think it's also depends on like how smart you are with like your body you know there's just a i think i've brought up in the past i don't know with you maybe but there's like uh there's many levels of uh what's the phrase it's like uh like how smart you may be whether like you're emotionally smart you're conceptually smart your body spatially smart yeah uh and all that stuff and so like for example like dancers might be really smart like body and like spatially wise they understand how much space they take they understand like movements of the body and how to like you know when like they you want to learn a dance and someone teaches you the moves like how quickly can you pick up yeah the moves yeah uh some people are just a lot better at it some people are a lot better at like mentally conjuring up a 3d image if i told you to like picture a translucent cube and then rotate it 
on its face 90 degrees to the left, mm-hmm. some people are just a lot better, right? Yeah. And like being like, oh, no, I follow you. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're trying. Uh, and other people are like, I have no idea what I'm picturing. <laughs> right. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm not the greatest in terms of like that body smart spatial shit. And so it's a lot of just like having to micro process everything down. But um, what was nice about this time around was because we each had our own um, our own base that we really got to just like not have to worry about uh, splitting time and like getting cold just like you know you just keep swinging and swinging and swinging yeah and then you uh, you should to build up that uh, what's it called the uh, the muscle memory of it and so it was a lot of fun nice. I'll say I had a great time yeah I feel like it's something that I probably should try doing too Um I know that's it's it's kind of wild how many people out there golf and um I've heard that I've heard like you know not even just like driving ranges right but actually p- playing a course the oh yeah you know just like it's an internal battle like you're not yeah you're playing it you can be playing against other people but it's just you and yourself that's it it's like tennis in that in that regard there's you you can you can make or break your performance and um it it feels like a good skill to learn and something maybe that's good to to reason with as you try to improve um because again it's it's just you out there by yourself more or less yeah it's also like it caters so like the, the sport of golf is great because it caters to like my lifestyle and what i like to do i like to wake up early right i like to be outside i like to uh, I like to compete. It's something that is rel- not only say easy to pick up, but it's straightforward to pick up, and then like it pretty pretty tough to master. Yeah, very and so tough. <laughs> right, so it feels like it's got a long sort of shelf life. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know, it's nice to be able to do this as a couple. Yeah, because it's not like you know you, you're not gonna box. You know, like you may also not be one of those things where, like, you know, you may not want to play tennis. Pickleball is fun because, you know, similar to golf, it's easy to pick up. It's fun. But what's great about golf is, like you said, you can both be playing your own game, but you're spending quality time together. Mm-hmm. And you're outside. Like, when I was at the driving range this morning, I was looking at my whoop and all that stuff. It said that I basically burned 300 calories just quote-unquote just standing there and swinging now obviously there's a lot of stuff there but like yeah yeah you also got to think as we get older we i don't know how much you and i may be biking or running in the future but for sure there's this thought of like hey you know it'd be really cool if we spent some time outside we weren't like super um just uh just like you know you don't want to be a couch potato forever i think what we keep finding out is as you get older, you're more susceptible to disease if, like, you're not exercising your brain or your body. And, like, what better way to do that than to just be outside? And you don't have to, like, you know, you can walk the course. Yeah. Uh, but you're still swinging. You're still being active. Right. And so I think that that's, like, really uh, – that's really starting to appeal to me. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you can travel to places and play. Uh, you can also do, like, you know, if you and a, another couple friend – want to get together that's also fun as like a foursome you know you get a, a tea time and you get brunch or lunch afterward like all this stuff is like you know you get to say social and all that stuff and all the gear out there is also fun to like start to customize like if you know you and i are playing a course i'm sure your bag and like the the trinkets that come along with it are going to be different than what i have and i think it just adds to the fun of it yeah i was gonna say i like the idea of um like the whole event, I, every time I think about golf and like the, the the country club and everything else, it reminds me of uh, Kirby Enthusiasm, where like, oh yeah, you know these guys are working and stuff. But I feel like it'd be a really nice thing to do when you're like, especially when you're done working, when you're retired, to just go out there, like you said, wake up early, go out there, play a course. You know, whether you do nine holes, eighteen, uh, if it's like three part, you know, whatever it is, and then come back in and get a brunch together and like and be social with others the the aspect of golf that like, it's always been so intimidating to me like i've oh sure i feel 
like I feel like when I see people golfing, like you know, there's a, there's a golf course that, like right by my house, and so when I'm driving home, when I'm going out to the grocery store and stuff, I very often see people walking the course, um, you know, playing playing golf, and I feel like I see them. I'm like, oh, these guys are probably really good, and I think the thing that I need to realize is some people are out here like Charles Barkley playing, like they they're they they have a terrible looking swing. They're not particularly. Oh, he great. fixed it. Yeah, he fixed his swing. I, I, that's what I thought he did, but yeah, um, and and yeah, a lot of people are out there just having fun. But I feel like I would feel so intimidated, especially if it's a busy day and there are people behind me, and I'm trying to make it through a course, or uh, yeah, yeah. and and I'm like slow, right? If I'm just like, <laughs> if it's like a par four and I'm out here hitting like an eleven. I would uh I would feel yeah. bad if people are like yo come on like if they're just sitting there tapping their feet. Well, the good news is there's so many par threes, and those are like the more realistic. Like, hey, uh, based on our uh, either level or what have you, par threes are much more approachable. Yeah. Um, you know, Earl said he took a course uh, like a class recently that taught him a lot of like theory, uh, but more importantly. Uh, it taught him like code of conduct, and he said that the, the what you're basically trying to do is get through a hole in about 15 minutes. And so, like okay. good, bad, terrible. If you can get you make your way through, uh, sorry, if you can make your way through a hole in about 15 minutes, no one, no one has the right to be like you know tapping their foot or being upset. Yeah, because uh, that would include swinging, walking, playing. Uh, and then like, there's always going to be the assholes that like are playing too fast and try to play through you. But it's like, you can stand tall knowing that, you know, if you're trying to make, make your way through it, it, it with, in, in about 15 minutes time, you're like totally, uh, you're totally fine. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah. So, I mean, I would love to pick this up and I think, you know, as you, and like I said, I keep, I feel like I keep coming back to this, but as you and I get older, it's like a, it's a, it's a good way for us like stay outside, right. stay nimble, um, and, and keep that mind sharp because I think the competition part it, it helps like sort of juice a different thing than just like oh I'm doing this really solitary thing. Uh, I think you're basically like maximizing the time that you're outside, yeah, and like all the different things that you could be working out. Right, right. Yeah, I also feel like the the like the professional aspect of it. You know, there's so many people who play golf and it's. Like I, my I've talked to my dad. I remember he was saying like he's never been interested in playing golf himself, but he would he would say like in his when he was working, just like the amount of people that golf in corporate America, especially like these VPs and high, like other executives that are playing as like a bonding thing, like it it's kind of invaluable. So to be able to have that skill, like if you're if you're oh, dreaming sure. of like moving up some type of corporate ladder, I honestly don't know exactly where I would really want to be career wise. You know, by the time I'm fifty or something, right? But at the very least, if I have some baseline uh, capabilities when it comes to it, where I can hold my own, maybe it's something that's worth uh, taking on, right? Yeah, but what's also great is like, you know how, like, you don't strike me as a kind of person who may want to, say, uh, bike to work or run to work to get that, like, workout in. Yeah. What's nice about... Um, What's nice about golf, and I saw it this morning. It felt like what people were doing were was like you get to the golf range or the, the golf range, the driving range early, like before work. Yeah, and then like you just get a you get an hour in, and there's like you know you've loosened up, you you've got you've gotten to do something fun. You can probably put a podcast. Like I see people like at the driving range with like headphones in all the time or earbuds in. You can listen to you know your podcast. You swing a little bit. You, you, you get that, that, that slight, slight, like, hey, you know, a, your body's a little warm, but not sweaty. Right. And then because you're, like, basically wearing, uh, like, semi, like, uh, what's it called? Semi-casual, but, like, everything's got a collar. You can wear, like, a performance khakis and all that stuff. You can basically, when they say you go from the driving range to the boardroom, they're not kidding. <laughs> like, I feel like these people have just... You know, corporate America and men in general have just really figured out a way to just like, hey, I just want to like play, like work and play and spend as little time doing like either thing or basically I just want to be playing more and I want to be spending less time like having to change and do all that stuff. Yeah. And so I think there is a big like uh, there's something that's really fun about that. You know, I felt like growing up, 
you look at these people, you're like, oh man, you can, you're wearing like performance khakis and like an Under Armour like golf shirt, and like man, you seem so middle aged. But now as we get to that age, I'm like, man, <laughs> that guy's so freaking smart. Right, right. He's just like he's optimizing the little time that he has. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna just steal that one hour, and I don't have to like walk around with a massive duffel bag. And I'm like, you don't want to change at work either. Like, love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the lifestyle. I can say that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you. What did you guys think? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I did want to ask you. Um, have you like? I know that you were also watching Succession. I know the show has sort of been been out or done for the last two weeks, but I wanted to hear what your thoughts on Succession were. Yeah, so Lena and I started Succession. We actually started watching it a long time ago, right around the time Gordon was born. We watched the first episode, um, but we never like stuck with it. We, I think we honestly ended up watching Mad Men instead. Um, like I think we started Mad Men and just got hooked, and, and then we never came back to Succession. And so... Um, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago at this point now, um, for whatever reason, we thought about, like we started watching the new season of Ted Lasso and then for whatever reason, we just weren't in the mood for Ted Lasso that day and we started Succession again. Yeah. And so we rewatched the first episode, but then we kept watching it and uh, it kept getting better. <laughs> and so we just stuck with it. And so, yeah, we we were a little bit behind, right? But we we were watching season four, pretty much a few episodes behind and so we just finished the final episode last night and uh yeah it's done it's done um i and i so i know what we talked about it like a little bit right you you we you told me two weeks ago after the season ended or the show the series ended that the ending made sense it was among the better endings of tv shows that you've seen um yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe rivaling Mad Men for an ending? Sure. Sure. It, it's one of the, like, you can see how it ended. You see how you got there. There wasn't, like, any, like, last minute, like, what? Yeah. Kind of situation. That was my perspective. I'd love to hear what you, uh, what you thought of. Not only the ending, but just, like, the... I mean, start with the ending, but then I also want to hear about, like, what it was like for you to get to the ending. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. So, um... So with with regards to the ending, um, and I guess at this point, obviously, massive spoilers for anyone who hasn't finished this, who hasn't finished the series, but has intentions of uh, of doing so. I was completely fine with the kids losing. I, I, you know, Lena and I talked about the show a lot, um, you know, as we're watching it over the course of the season, and I'm like, I don't know, it completely makes sense for the kids to fail, to not, to not, uh, to to hold out on the uh, the sale to Gojo. And so, you know, we'd seen Kendall at this point attempt to take over the company, I think, four different times, right? So during season one, uh, during the board meeting, he tried to say that his dad was unfit to lead, and he tried to overthrow him that way, and it resulted in him being fired and several of the other board members getting kicked off the board. Um, we saw him then try to take over the company with Stewie um, and Sandy, and then he, and that was at the end of season one. So that first time was like in the middle of season one. Um, end of season one, he ends up killing the waiter, um, or, you know, involuntary manslaughter, if you want to go that far or, or that, uh, bare bones with it. Then he tried to take over the company in season three and failed. And then finally now he tried to take over the company. Now this, in this instance, he was not going up directly against his dad. However, it was still kind of the remnants of what his dad had set in, in motion. And so yeah. I thought it completely made sense. Like here, here's Kendall. He had every opportunity to go through with his siblings. They seemed like they were having a you know a decent thing going there, but then as he yeah, got closer, yeah, at the beginning of season four, you know, they kind of okay, we've we've we failed, we lost out. Um, I guess that was another attempt of of uh, sort of at least taking over the company um, in that moment, at least trying to prevent the, the sale to Gojo, um, and then. Yeah, I don't. I thought it completely made sense. The only thing that I had issue with was Shiv's decision to like be like no you'd be, you wouldn't do a good job at this and changing her mind at the last second that was the thing that I didn't I just I I couldn't get down with like I thought okay. it, I thought it made I think it makes sense for the kids to not be on board with Kendall 
um, on the whole. I yeah. can't I can't see a world where she's like in this meeting. She sees the way that he's speaking, how confident he is that he's one. And I can see her being like, no, like he's not it. But my issue is that, <laughs> and this goes back to, this goes back like a while now uh, or, or a ways of the siblings, of the three, you know, of the three um, full siblings, it made no sense for Roman or Shift to ever take over the company without a significant amount of time um, at a lower level in the company. It made more sense for Tom to be CEO than it did for Shiv or Rome. Like, other than the fact that they they almost treat it like it's a monarchy, like they they have the the right, the birthright to inherit this position. Kendall was the only person who was there basically always putting in the work with the company to eventually become CEO. Shiv and Rome wanted to, wanted it because their dad had promised them that, but neither of them had ever shown any interest in the company. Like for from Roman's perspective, the only time we ever the only time as far as I'm aware that he f- properly committed to the company is what we're seeing in the show, which is over the course of like two years. Mm-hmm. He gets a high position because of his name, but he didn't actually earn it. And Shiv was not invested in the company in any way, shape, or form until like season two. So. Yeah. It made no sense that either of them felt like felt so strongly about it. I think of the three, Kendall would do the best. However, I don't think Kendall would do a great job either. No. Like he, he All right, let me all right, yeah, counterpoint yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, go. to to Shiv uh, and why she did what she did. Apparently, you can see there's a ch- massive change in body language when uh so they're like all sort of aligned after uh the this disgusting milkshake scene <laughs> yeah um, yeah which he actually did drink oh was it really uh, that a couple it, times well wait like was it really that disgusting stuff like in real life or yeah really yeah oh i thought they replaced it with like a chocolate oh, yeah. milkshake or something i literally was like oh it's like oh uh, no no, no. he said it was a, like the the actor that's so funny uh <laughs> yeah he said when they were shooting it that it was super important for him to actually drink it uh, and feel connected to the character that way. Yeah. Um, but so like they're all like in it and then you'll see that when uh, they're back in the office the next morning mm-hmm. and you see like, you know, he uh, Kendall puts his feet up on the desk. Uh, yeah. And yeah. he's already promising board seats to other people without consulting her. You, if you go back and you look at her face, yeah, she like gives the most like, what the fuck is all of this face? And it just basically hit her that he, uh, Kendall, is not her dad. Yeah. Uh, and it's they've been basically all been brainwashed to accept like you know they're in order to receive their father's love. It's a zero-sum game, and she just cannot think that, like, by having Kendall win, that essentially feels like, you know, she is now less than. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why, you know, in the beginning, you're right, it did feel like, uh, what the hell? But then as, like, more and more people are, like, reviewing this, it's like, oh, you know, it's actually, it does make sense that she would react this way because he was already beginning to undercut her like and she hadn't hadn't really even left the room yet yeah and so it just was like okay well then i can understand how she you know in the room is like well i'm going to desert this and take it away from you because their whole life was sort of you know uh this the zero something one of them had to win at the expense of the other and this was her way of saying well if i can't have it you can't have it uh, so that's fair that is fair um yeah i can understand that completely especially considering how things went down when she when uh she had to go to the sidelines when it was supposed to be kendall and rome is co but she's kind of like a part of it even if it's not in real title she had nothing to do with it now the other thing is that as i feel like she'd be terrible at the job she would very often leave the room when things were happening because she thought they were either dumb or boring and she would she did that yes. a lot throughout the series which is also why i think she'd be terrible at the job like when the uh, when the pierce deal was supposed to happen she yeah she like this is right after her dad tells you you're you're it you've always been the one right 
she goes into the into this uh like retreat whatever with the pierces and she's making snide remarks to uh roman she's like screwing with roman she's making these like ridiculous comments to the other people that are there and she thinks they're funny as a joke and it's like these people are so spoiled that they think they can and like you see it throughout the entire series right where they have so much access they have no concerns whatsoever so they think they can do and say whatever they want and have no and there were no consequences uh to those actions but um yeah like i completely see what she why she'd be concerned about the fact that kendall is literally leaving her out before he even has anything official because he literally just did it to her. Um, yeah. The, the other thing though is like, I can't believe she did it still because she completely got screwed by uh, Matson and, and Tom and she was still willing to just like, okay, that's, I mean, I don't know. Like she didn't win. She didn't like she, she of the three probably lost the least, but she certainly didn't come out i think in like a positive manner i think she was second in all of this i think that roman won because roman doesn't have to deal with all this stuff roman didn't want to be there to begin with right that's uh, true carolyn and i are re-watching the show because carolyn wants to watch it now because she has seen all these like tiktok things oh. and she wants to know what this is all about so I was like, all right, I'll rewatch it with you. Yeah. And it's fun to now rewatch the show knowing. And it was also funny as she knows the ending. And she's one of those people who likes to know the ending and then see how you get there. <laughs> where where uh, are so you right now? That is one way to watch a show. Um, and so we are uh, – it's just fun to like now see like, oh, interesting that um, – like how do we get to this? Because, uh, I mean, it's so crazy how – Tom Wamsgam starts this show. It really is. It's the, the watch. It's really crazy. <laughs> oh God. And it's the, tough. Uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons and Sean Fennessy talk about it. Um, you know, they're yeah. they're like kind of live reaction, so to speak, to it. And they were talking about how Tom was the person who made the out on that one kid where like they made their like what was it Roman that was like, Oh, I'll give you a million dollars or something like that if you hit it out the park. And Tom was the person who stopped that from happening. And uh, I can't remember exactly what their phrasing was, but they were like, you know, if that didn't happen, I, like, did that set it all into motion for Tom, so to speak? It's also interesting that that was the original plan for he and, and Shiv, that he would ultimately get it. And I think her plan was to kind of support him to get the, to get the gig while she was going to continue doing the political thing. But then when she, right. when, when her dad kind of offered that up to her, she was like, wait, what? And yeah. that's when it kind of shifted for her. But if he had not done that, she very well could have been working for Gil through, uh, you know, during his his uh, his election bid, and could have continued supporting Tom. Now, whether Tom would have ultimately gotten gotten it at the end because of because of her support or with her support, um, who knows? But uh, yeah, it's it's nuts to me that that Tom was the one who got it. Um, I feel like he deserves it too, though. Like he he really is a person. I mean, given given that his position isn't really an independent CEO. He's kind of just like the person who does what uh, Gojo wants he's him to the, do. He's the, he's the blood bag, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the, he, he's going to be the person to, to make the cuts and, and he did it. Like we saw him do it so much in this series where he made oh, these yeah. tough decisions. Like what, what would be tough decisions, like all these layoffs, these firings, like he wouldn't do some of them. He would hand it off to Greg, but it didn't really matter. He was still making it happen. Um, and so, like to me, he yeah he he is the person who's going to do exactly that. He's going to do exactly what what Gojo wants him to do, and Shiv wouldn't right like. And I think that's part of the reason why Shiv couldn't be it because she had that that strong tie. Whereas Tom's like, yeah, fuck it, you say you say who, and I'll and I'll and I'll fire them immediately. Yeah, Tom is also like this is his dream job. Yeah, you know, I think with the, with the kids, they're just not good workers. No, uh, and no. what's crazy is like we we feel bad for them, but like they all walked out with billions of dollars out of this. <laughs> yeah, they're all billionaires. Uh, so when Kendall's like at the end of like, you know, he's like, you know, is he going to commit suicide? It's like, yeah, commit suicide with how many billions? Right. But it's it's just a different world. Yeah. Um, and so it does feel very interesting. Of like, you know, let's not let's be careful now because these people are. Uh, still like more than generationally wealthy they'll be okay filthy filthy rich uh, 
filthy yeah, rich. Exactly. So, and but I did like what Rome said, and like I, I think Bill Simmons and Sean were like, you know, they he's he's explicitly saying what we've all what we all know. I was like, they should just you know show it. Like we they don't need to say it, but I think for the perspective of of the characters themselves knowing it, it made sense for him to say we're bullshit. Like we've always been bullshit yeah. because they are, they've been riding. They, they are their dad's kids. People are intimidated by their dad and they're intimidated by what power or access these kids have and what they can do to them. But the kids themselves are not Logan. They will they're not never, serious people. No, they're not. They will never be Logan. And um, yeah, it, we, we've seen it so much of the series. Like, yeah, we know it. Everyone knows it. Except for except I for mean, the kids, except for some of the kids at the yeah. very least, right? And even going back to the first episode, where it's Logan's birthday, and Logan is surprised to see Kendall leave the meeting to come to his birthday. He yeah. goes like, "You're not a serious person. I why are you here?" It's like it's it is a black mark. Yeah. You're, you're, you're if you want to take over, then act like the person who's about to take over. Yeah. Uh, and, My birthday's and not it's important. Just, it's crazy. It's not right. important enough. It's, it think, is a, and, it, and frankly, it is a test. Yeah. It is a test. And so, yeah. anyways, I'm glad that you're at the end of it now. Are you, uh, is there, what's the next show on the docket now? So I started watching Black Mirror myself. That's not a show that Lane typically watches. So um, yes. I finished the first episode of Black Mirror last night. I started the- Joan the, is Awful? Yeah, Joan is Awful. I thought that was really, uh, I thought that was really good. Um, I started the next episode- um, but I've only watched like 10 minutes of it. I started watching it earlier when I was eating lunch. Seven minutes looks like. Gotcha. Um, and then the, what was it? The um, I'm trying to look through Netflix right now because there are a few. So The Diplomat was a trailer that you that you sent me, I think, uh, a month or so ago. That looked pretty interesting. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember the, the lead actress's name, uh, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell? She's in The yeah. Americans. And Lena and I watched The Americans. Yeah. We like that a lot. I feel like that might be a show that she and I might want to watch together. So I'll show her the trailer, see if she's interested. Otherwise, I'll start watching it on my own. Um, we need to get back to finish Ted Lasso, uh, the final season of that. Yeah. And I'll, oh, we haven't watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And that, is that is that the last season of Mrs. Maisel too? Yes. Okay. So yeah, got a lot got a lot of uh, of uh, of shows that are in their final. A lot of content. Right yeah, a lot. There's just so much. It's it's really tough to keep up with. Um, I actually just finished. So there's an anime called Demon Hunter, which gained a fair bit of popularity um, when it was on Netflix first um, a couple of years ago. And so they, um, the the third, I think it's a third season, maybe third or fourth season of that just finished their, they just aired the final episode last night. So I finished watching that too. Um, it's a pretty good show. I know Harry, I think Harry isn't the biggest fan of it, although I know he still watches it. Um, I'd say, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, so that's, that's also done. Um, shoot. Is there anything else? I don't really know. Oh, I, I have to, watch, I still have to finish beef. Beef is just like such a, it's a, I have to be in the right mood for beef. I don't know why, oh, but it's beef is it's, so good. I love beef. It's very good. I love I love both Stephen Yoon and Amy in it. Um, but or is that I said I said Amy, but that's Amy, that's her character's name, Ali Wong. Um, yeah, it's such a good show, but I just feel like I have to be in the right mood for it, and it's it's such a sure. weird thing. Like I, so I very often am not. So I'm I'm progressing through it fairly slowly, um, but I will be finishing that too. I mean, I think if there's one thing that I've learned in this modern day of like all this content is if you're not feeling something, move on. There's just there's too much uh, content to feel like, oh, I, we have to watch this. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm very aggressive about just like, you know what? This wasn't it. Uh, like, you know, Dexter for me was always one of those shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, people love Dexter and I get it, but it just, it didn't sink in for me. And so I'm not going to be like, you know what? Once I get to like season four, I'll, uh, I'll be all set. It's like, no, nah, I'm not going to suffer through like 20 or 40 hours of content just to be like, Oh, okay. Cause yeah. it doesn't feel like the, the time is, it's like a good use of my time. Right. Right. Uh, for sure. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you on Dexter. I watched the first two seasons, and both were very good. And then I started the third season, which apparently is the best season, but it just had such a slow start to it. I never stuck with it. I never, and like that was when that was when season three was airing, so it was it was new. I wasn't willing to do with like to deal with the week to week. This is actually so long ago. This was when Netflix was still doing like the DVDs. This is like two thousand and oh yeah, it's like two thousand and ten. So I was I actually got a couple of DVDs from Netflix back then. And the and Dexter was like one of their biggest pieces of content. Like it was, it was still airing. Um, it was very popular, and Netflix didn't have their own library yet. Like House of Cards didn't exist. Orange is the New Black didn't exist. Like none of those shows existed yet. Yeah. And so I'm watching Dexter. I'm like, yo, this show is great. And then season three, because it was actively airing on TV, it wasn't on Netflix yet. I had to watch it, and I didn't have Showtime. I'm cheap, like I or you know, I wasn't just cheap. I was broke. Um, I was like bootlegging. That's different. Yeah, That's yeah, real it's different. different. It's different. I couldn't afford it because I didn't have money. Um, and so I was bootlegging it, and it was you know again completely fine. But I just, I just uh, like you said, it wasn't. I wasn't feeling it, and I just stopped watching it. Um, yeah, I, I, it took me a long time to get that to get to that point, especially in the the it was podcast for me was kind of what what like opened the floodgates for me to like let stuff go. So it was both like entire show like podcast shows as well as like episodes like there were there was a time when I would listen to every single episode of like Bill Simmons podcast of Adam Carolla's podcast Joe like this is like again like 15 years ago so the, the the amount of podcasts that existed at the time was nowhere near as great as they are today right um sure and so I would listen to every single oh, Bill Burr's podcast of course too and I was listening to all these episodes and then eventually they were just they started putting out more and more content and it was impossible to keep up with and then once like it like it just it reached a, a break point where it was like it's not it's not even conceivable for me to listen to everything that I just started to feel better. <laughs> like I was only listening to episodes of Bill Simmons that, that I was interested in, right? Like if he's talking about baseball or hockey, I'm out. No reason for me to listen to it. Um, if Joe Rogan or somebody is re- interviewing somebody I don't care about, I was out. Didn't matter. At this point, like I don't listen yep. to, I don't, I don't listen to Rogan. I don't listen, I don't listen to Crow. Like I don't listen to most of the podcasts that I was listening to back then. Um, I mean, it's I, also tough with some of these like content producers yeah. when uh, they, they themselves change. Right. Yes, for sure. So for sure. it's a little rough to be listening to Rogan nowadays. It's <laughs> it like, is. you know, yeah. you, you do believe in science. And so that does sort of put you at odds with that entire like listener base. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I remember it was probably like 2012 ish, maybe. Um, I was I wasn't really listening to him all that much anymore. But I remember someone, one of my friends from college, was like his interest. Like he's really interesting. Like especially when he interviews people who normally don't get a platform. Like you normally wouldn't hear them speak. And so the way he interviews people, he often he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't necessarily believe in the things that these people are selling. However, he still will hear them so that like and give them the chance to like get all of their thoughts out. And so specifically, that was that was like with Alex Jones. Is I think this is like pre Sandy Hook. So um, I think at least. And uh, like when when was when was Sandy Hook? Maybe this wasn't. Oh, this during Obama. Yeah, that was in uh, 2012, December 14th, 2012. I want to say it was wow. pre this, but I I can't say for certain. Um, but like some of these people he would have on, like who very much don't have opinions that you would at least think that Joe Rogan didn't believe that I certainly didn't believe that you would still get to hear their point of view, their perspective. But the problem is you're giving these people platforms and people who can be swayed by them appearing on their favorite podcast network when they otherwise would never listen to like an Alex Jones or whoever it may be are all of a sudden like, Oh, that is kind of interesting. And they kind of go down that rabbit hole. And before you know it, they're, um, they're full in on the conspiracy theory, sending sending parents of those children death 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 threats, right? So yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's so terrible, but yeah, I mean that's why it's like you know I'm I'm happy to to not stay. You know, it's not like a sports franchise where you have to be like, well, I'm still with these people. Come uh, you know, winning season or losing season. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, you can you can leave. Yeah, it's okay. You can leave. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. And then the other one was like video games for me because video games are 
you know, especially when they come out, they're pretty expensive. Now they're $70 per game pretty much. And um, the amount of time that we have, I mean, this goes with TV and movies and everything. You just don't have that much time. And it's like there's so much, there's more content now than there ever was before. And with video games, I very often find myself not finishing games. I mean, you have, you love to joke with me about my backlog of games and it's absolutely massive and it continues to, to grow because the amount of good games that come out like year after year, it just keeps going up. But at some point I kind of have to just appreciate the fact that some games are great to experience. And even if I don't finish them at $60, it was still fun to, to experience what I did. Yeah. Get to you you got the value out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I'll ever be like you and finish cyberpunk. Um, I like ideally would like to, but I'm not sure I'll ever get back into that world and uh, I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. I, yeah, play, I, mean, I played a fair amount of it too. So like I played enough yeah, of it. I think you got the value out of it. Yeah. I will say what's also fun is just being able to do that now. I think, you know, we were talking about it before of like, you know, when you're young, you almost feel you feel super committed to the games that you have because you couldn't afford too many. So yeah. if you got it, you got it and you had to make it work. Oh, yeah. Um, but now it's like, you know what? You know what's more fun? Just actually enjoying your uh, your time off, whatever it may like. However, you like to spend your time. Right. If you actually just were able to relax, uh, I think everyone uh, sort of wins for it. If if it meant you know you, you weren't playing a game or whatever, like no one's checking the score. Yep. Yep. All right. Should we get out of here? Yeah, I think so. All right. All right cool. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see everyone next week.